0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Well, hello, babe. Thank you so much for joining me for yet another episode of the Believe in Bravo Besties podcast. I'm your host, Diana Jebbia. Uh, If you're new here, welcome. I hope you have something fun to drink. Doesn't have to be alcoholic. If you are returning... Welcome. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. As always, boy, have we got a lot of Bravo Cheetah Spill. Yeah, this week was absolutely one hell of a week. So I don't even know where to start. We've got the Real Housewives of Orange County cash shakeup. You know what? I think we're just going to start there. So it was announced that Heather Dubrow is coming back to the Real Housewives of Orange County. And then with that, Bronwyn Wyndham burke Elizabeth Lynn Vargas, and... Kelly, Dad have all gotten the boot, which thank God. Okay, we're like so much to unpack. First of all, with Heather returning, I was never the biggest Heather Dubrow fan, and before you come at me with that machete she used to open up her bottle of Jean Bonwa one season, I need to explain myself. I think she's a snob. I'm sorry. I think she thinks she's holier than thou. I think she looks down on the other wives. I just see right through her. I don't know. She seems fake. She just doesn't seem like a nice person. I think the thing that really turned me off to her was, I don't remember what's, I think it was season eight is the number. And it was when Tamara was opening up Cut Fitness and everyone just went in on Alexis. And Alexis has her own problems. She's not a great person, but she walked into that Cut Fitness, um, it was a dinner and they were, I think they were looking at the artist renderings of the gym, whatever, it's not important. But she walked into Tamara's dinner hoping to make nice with everyone, and everyone attacked her, like ripped her to shreds. And I remember she was crying in the limo, and Lydia was kind of talking to her, like, well, you know, it's not really a big deal or whatever it is, she said. And Alexa says, like, I had to go on Xanax for it, Lydia. And I remember Heather's just made a comment saying that you don't have problems because you're rich, which is such bullshit. That is so disgusting. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. You could be royalty and still have mental health problems. Look at Meghan Markle, okay? So that was just a disgusting comment from Heather Dubrow. I never liked her to begin with, and I did not like her even more when she said that. I am very happy for Terry Dubrow to return, though, because I love watching him on Botched. So we'll see with the return of fancy pants, as she likes to be called. God, she's so irritating. I'm sorry. I'm not a mean person. This isn't a Heather Dubrow hate podcast. I'm hoping she proves me wrong this season. I'm going to put it out there. But more importantly, we dumped uh, three cast members. I was going to say three big cast members, but it was more like two and a quarter. With the biggest being Kelly Dodd. Thank God she's gone because she has just been showing her ass on and off screen, not taking the pandemic seriously. The stuff on screen uh, going back and forth with Bronwyn about Black Lives Matter, it was disgusting. She was dismissing the whole movement. It wasn't fun to watch anymore. It was icky to watch. So goodbye, Kelly. I don't think anyone's going to miss, that's a lie. A lot of people miss Kelly Dodd. I'm not going to make any comments about them. But I don't think anyone, never mind, (laughs) going forward. Bronwyn Wyndham burke also got the axe. Um, This was a weird one because the first season, I kind of liked Bronwyn. I liked that she had a big family and she kind of did it all. And she was this housewife who was taking care of all these kids, seemed to have a really great relationship with her husband. She was interesting to watch. Her mom was off the rails. It was so entertaining. And then last season, it was kind of like a, a big downward spiral Uh, Good for her with her sobriety journey. Great for her for coming out and living her truth. But she was just super messy on the show. She didn't really fit in with the drama. She kind of had that thing going back and forth with Shannon about her calling Gina's house sad. Like, it wasn't great. And then little by little, when she did come out and she started dating a girl but didn't want to divorce Sean, it was hard to watch. Again, it was difficult to watch. She's trying to navigate this new stage of her life and she's got her own problems to deal with and I don't think national TV is the best place to do that. I'm just saying. Maybe she could take a break and come back. Who knows? But uh I think she just needs some time away from the show. And then last, but I was going to say not least, but like last and least, sorry that's mean. Elizabeth Lynn Vargas got the boot. She is a one season wonder. I don't really know what she brought to this show. Someone commented on my TikTok that they found her interesting. By the way, if you are not following me on my TikTok and Instagram, it's at Diana Jevia. But someone was saying they found her interesting and they were sorry to see her go. And I just don't think she brought all that much to the show. She brought her vodka line, the divorce she couldn't talk much about. And then finally she opened up about her past, which... That was huge for her. We know that she was molested. Uh, She revealed she had a rough childhood, claimed she was molested in a religious cult, which is absolutely traumatic. And I get why she maybe was more reserved with opening up about it on the show, but that's pretty much all we knew about her. So I think it might have just been a case of bad timing, maybe with the pandemic and their limitations on filming, we didn't get to know that much about her and the gag orders with her divorce. It was just a bad recipe of not having enough material to film. And that's why she got the boot. Maybe. This is just me speculating. Who knows? Could Tamra Judge come back? Because I remember she was also rumored to come back with Heather Dubrell. I've heard rumors flying on other Bravo Instagram accounts that she might come back as a friend of. This is not an official claim. I didn't read this on any uh, confirmed news site. You know me in confirming my news. I hate giving a speculation, but I'm just going to say I've seen it floating around on the Bravo Instagrams. I don't know if there's any truth behind it, but would love it if Tamar came back because, lover or hater, she was the real Housewives of Orange County. And she didn't come on until season three or four, I believe, but she shook that show up. In such a huge way, gave us some of the most iconic moments. A divorce in the limo. Come on, throwing wine in Gina Keo's face. Like, doesn't get any better than Tamar. So I hope she does return as a friend of. I hope those, is the word unsubstantiated rumors? Yeah, I hope they're true. We'll see. Moving on. Yeah, last week was not a good week for Erica Jane. That Housewife and the Hustler documentary premiered on Hulu. Did you watch it? It was insane. I mean, my mom watched it. She doesn't really watch any of The Housewives, but I was like, you, you got to watch this. She's like me. We both like 2020 and all that stuff. This was 2020-esque. If you did not watch The Housewife and The Hustler, it was very interesting. So it got into the background of the legal issues that Erica and Tom are facing now, how the alleged embezzlement of money allegedly happened. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. Um, But they had some interesting characters on each side to interview. So Tom Girardi is or was this high profile Los Angeles lawyer, like huge name in L.A., huge name. So it made sense. They have these attorneys, these big attorneys to speak in the interviews about him, give some background about him. I don't remember the first guy's name, but he looked really important. But the other one was Chris Darden, who you might remember from the O.J. case. He um, he was on the side of the people, you know, like the people versus O.J. He was on that side. The prosecutor. Okay, sorry. The prosecutor side. True crime experience coming in clutch. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, they got this huge name, Chris Darden, really smart man. Really qualified to be giving an interview about a lawyer. And then when we have the interviews for Erica Jane's side, not so great. Here's what I'm imagining happened, okay? Let's say they filmed like on May 10th. We don't know when they filmed, I don't know, but we're, my pretend scenario, they filmed on May 10th, right? And let's say the casting director like had a reminder on his notes app or calendar in his phone. It was like, "Oh, get interviewees to tell Erica Jane's side of the story for the housewife and the hustler." And he set a reminder for May tenth, twenty twenty two, instead of twenty twenty one. And the day before is coming, and the director, or producer, or whatever is like do you have my interviewees for Erica Jane? And then the casting director in my hypothetical situation is like, oh, shit, I set the reminder for 2022. And he's making all these calls and all the good people that he was trying to call just didn't pick up in my mind. This is what happened. And then he's like, Danielle Staub and Dana Wilkie, the two most washed up housewives and housewife friend, if you can even call her that. Let's get them to tell Erica Jane's side of the story. What a mess. Thomas had never seen such a mess in his entire life. Um, That is a Thomas the Tank Engine meme. If you know that, we can hang. Danielle Staub, she just did not look well. And I don't mean that in a way to criticize her appearance. Like, ooh, you don't look well. Like, no. It looked like something was going on there, even the way she was talking like it just didn't seem like she was a hundred percent there in my opinion and she bashed the housewives any chance she got she at one point said Erica Jane is like one of the greatest housewives besides me of course something to that effect and it's like dude you're a terrible housewife like you you've now gotten fired twice come on come on Danielle get off your high horse okay I don't even know if it's a high horse get off your like Pony that's a foot off the floor because you're not that great. And then Dana Wilkie, who can remember her? It was like her $25,000 sunglasses from Beverly Hills. She was a one season wonder, wasn't even a full time housewife. She was a friend of she was a party planner, quite like us. Kim Richards couldn't remember her name and called her Pam. Just not great. They scraped from the bottom of the housewives barrel for these interviews like, I'm just thinking of a bunch of other random housewives they could have gotten. Like, even from Beverly Hills, Carlton Jebbia. No relation, by the way. I'm surprised more people don't ask me about this. No relation that I know of to Carlton Jebbia and I. And is my real last name. Like, I'm not using her last name to fit in with the Bravo universe. I was going to say I had it first, but she's older than me, and I don't know when she and David got married. So, who knows? But yes, They could have gotten her to do the interview, like Joyce, Gerald, she probably would have been better, but no. Danielle Staub and Dana Wilkie, like, what a mess. That was like a whole watching point of this documentary in itself. It's like, okay, we're watching to get the drama about Tom and find out what he allegedly did and why he's in so much legal trouble, but we're also watching to see what Danielle and Dana say, because they're terrible. Um, also on Erica's side for the interviewing was Heather McDonald. Uh, she's okay. She's got a podcast called the juicy scoop. Some people really like her. Some people really don't like her. I feel like I'm in the 1% that's like in the in-between with her. I just don't care. She was fine, I guess. She was also on the bachelor. Like, damn, this was a big week for Heather McDonald. I'm kind of jealous. She was also on the bachelorette this week. Wow. Who's her agent? I gotta get with them. That's what I'm talking about. But the long and short of it, I'm no legal expert, as you could probably tell by listening to this podcast so far. 14 minutes in, I think you might have figured out I'm not a legal expert. What they're alleging in this documentary and in the lawsuit is that Tom fought for these victims of accidents and lawsuits. They won the money. And then Tom allegedly told, I remember it was one of the victims that he was going to invest the money. So he was going to take the money that from the case that he won. It gets like held in this account. And they're supposed to distribute it directly to the plaintiff. And he allegedly told him he was going to invest it and then allegedly just kept the money for himself. That's what I gathered from this documentary. Again, not a legal expert. Watch it for yourself. It's so interesting. They interviewed, there were quite a few of his victims, which were crazy, and and they interviewed him. Some of them still haven't gotten any sort of payment, which is just freaking insane. It's like, again, Thomas had never seen such a mess in his entire life. Never. Choo-choo, Thomas the Tank Engine. Never seen such a mess. And then with Erica's side, the whole thing they were saying, they really focused on her expensive lifestyle, how she came on the show and they were flaunting the private jets and uh, her music career. And the lawyers were saying that really wasn't a good look for Tom because he's supposed to be a lawyer that defends victims. And it's having that flashy lifestyle didn't really coincide with that. It was very interesting. Give it a watch if you have Hulu and let me know what you think about it. The day after it premiered, Erica Jane's attorneys withdrew. So they have a motion withdrawing from her case. So she right now, she doesn't have any official charges against her as far as Tom's charges go. But she does have a bankruptcy case like she's involved with the bankruptcy aspect of it all. So her attorneys were helping her with the bankruptcy issue and they withdrew. It was on Monday. The documentary premiered last Monday, but we, the public, found out about it on Tuesday. Um, When I looked this up, the reason they withdrew was because they said that the attorney-client relationship had been severed and it can't be repaired, which sounds pretty major, right? I mean, you would think, but then a couple of days later, they withdrew their motion (laughs) withdrawing representation. Take a shot every time I say withdraw. So basically they undid what they did and now they're representing her again, which like, I am so confused. I'm sure you are so confused too. That relationship couldn't be repaired pretty damn badly if you're like, nope, we're gonna just represent her again. Nobody's given a reason why these lawyers withdrew their motion to withdraw. I just want to say that because it's so fun and it sounds so legally. But yeah, there's no reason why... As of right now, that we know of why they did that. And I kind of don't blame them because how can you come back and be like, oh, yep, just just kidding. This girl's in like deep shit right now, and we were withdrawing our representation of her, but now we change our minds and we want to represent her again. Like what a circus. What an absolute circus. The Brava lawsuits are the best lawsuits. That sounds terrible. But, like, look at the mess Jen Shaw's in, too. And she's out here acting like nothing's wrong. Teresa Judice's legal issues look like kids in the sandbox compared to what Erica and Jen are going through. Okay? It's wild. So we'll just have to continue to watch this unfold together. I can't wait. And finally, I saved this for last because even though it does deal with Kelly Dodd, who we spoke about... It also deals with Gigi from Shaz, and we're going to be recapping Shah's in just a few. But they're feuding, and I am loving seeing Gigi completely take Kelly down. So I think Gigi commented on Heather Dubrow's announcement that she's coming back, like, thank God you're coming back, uh, something to the effect that she was happy to see Kelly go. I think that was where the initial comment was made, but Kelly did not like that. Um, and when she found out that Gigi said that, she made fun of her and said, oh, I don't know who she is. And she purposely mispronounced Gigi's name, which is so rude. So Gigi goes back in it. Gigi posts a video of a Real Housewives of Orange County reunion where Andy asks Kelly, what other Bravo show would you like to go on? And Kelly says Shots of Sunset. So like, Kelly obviously knows who she is. And it's also funny because Gigi has been an original on Shots of Sunset. She has not left the cast. She has not been fired like Kelly has. Kelly has no leg to stand on in this fight. Don't you just love a cross-franchise Bravo argument or a cross-shows Bravo argument? We sure do. We love to see it. All right, that is... I was, that's all the Bravo tea for this week. It was a lot. Like, if we were at Starbucks, that would be a Trenta sized Bravo iced tea. Okay. Okay. Let's recap Shaw's. So, on this episode, Destiny is throwing a Halloween party, which makes the spooky season people really happy. There's nothing I can't stand more sidebar than being in the middle of summer and enjoying my summer, and someone's like, I want spooky season people like it when christmas starts early but what about halloween wah and i'm like just somebody give this person a pina colada don't disrupt my summer how about we we take things at the pace they should be okay right off the bat we are given gold we are introduced to the newest bravo liberty the face roller and what's significant about this face roller you ask that rez is using he's going Going very hard with the face roller. It is the same one that Sutton used to self-soothe on the Real Housewives Beverly Hills. Like this damn face roller is its own Bravo icon now. It's like product placement. Everyone's out going out and buying the face rollers. I posted about it on Instagram today. A couple people commented they do use it. Um, I made a joke saying that the face roller is the newest Bravo Liberty. And someone was like, oh, did you see Crystal's Hermes bag? What about that? And I'm like, was Crystal's Hermes bag on Beverly Hills and Shaw's? No, it wasn't. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be a hater. I like Crystal a lot. That bag was not cute. It reminded me of a children's pop-up book. An expensive Hermes pop-up book. Congratulations, you own an overpriced pop-up book. Okay, I'm done. Sorry. Tangenta. Tangenta. But the first scene of significance, because, you know, we we see Reza doing his leg massage thing. Um, First scene of significance is the pumpkin patch date with Elijah and Shams, MJ and Gigi, doing some mom's things together. They're making their friendship work and i really love to see that because these ladies go way back as we see in the clips of them in their clubbing days so it's nice to see them reconnect in a new way Gigi was upset everyone fought at elijah's welcoming party who could blame her that's definitely not a place to have an argument but mj says it was reza who made her angry because remember the whole discussion about him not being able to see shams was brought up and Also, he went over to Destiny and told her what Vita had said about her butt, which was just so rude. So, of course, that made MJ angry. Now, Gigi wants to find a way for him to open up, and MJ does want to forgive him. So we are seeing a little bit of progress with that friendship. It seems like things are starting to turn around, but Rez has got to get himself in check because the way he acted at Elijah's welcoming party was so inappropriate. It was just not it, and both these ladies realize it. Meanwhile, over at Destiny's house, Destiny and Paulina are having a girls night and Paulina drops a big bomb on us. So, well, it's kind of a bomb. I mean, we already knew it was happening in our brains, but Paulina just confirmed it. Paulina admitted that Mike's sexting has happened like 10 times and he doesn't see it as cheating, which is disgusting. That's obviously cheating. It's again, it's so inappropriate and it's hard. It's heartbreaking because Paulina said that it's a cultural thing to cover up what the man does and she feels guilty for even sharing that's going on. How warped is that? How warped is that? You need to break the cycle of your culture. And I get it's hard. I get it's hard when you grow up surrounded by certain beliefs and that's the way it's got to be. It's hard. She's going through a lot, but this she's just allowing this guy to walk all over her, take so much advantage of her, And it just needs to stop. And obviously, it hurts Destiny to hear this too because that's her friend. Any girlfriend would react this way. Nobody wants to see their best friend keep getting screwed over by a man who can't keep it in his pants. Absolutely nobody wants to see that. And that's going to play a bigger part going on with the show. So while Destiny and Paulina are having their girls' night, Nima and Mike are doing some Spa Day pedicures. And the reason why they're doing it is like the most Nima thing in the whole world. He talks about this website called WikiFeet where like they rank celebrity feet. I've heard about it. I think it's so weird. But Nima's kind of obsessed with the WikiFeet scoring. And he said Mike's score is low. And he's upset that Shervin's is higher than his. And like Shervin doesn't take care of his feet. Not that they're gross, but he doesn't like take care of them like Nima does with the pedicures. So Nima's trying to help Mike out, boost his WikiFeet score. Because, you know, that's what he really needs right now. He's got all these problems with Paulina, but what he needs is a better WikiFeed score. Priorities. Priorities. We really know as viewers that this was an excuse for Mike to fill Nima in on what happened at Elijah's party. And Mike is, once again, deflect, deflect, deflecting. He's saying that Reza's never going to tell the truth, that Reza said Gigi sent those spoof- text messages so like let's break it down for a second you and I know because Paulina just said that Mike did this 10 times those spoof text messages probably came from Mike himself so he knows that Gigi didn't send anything maybe like the um, the spiritual advisor said last show Reza in hearing spoof messages implied Gigi could have done it and now Mike's trying to run with that but just like freaking own up to it you are stretching this argument out so far but he's just trying to convince Nima that Reza's the bad guy Reza started all this drama at Elijah's welcoming party which he did but had Mike owned up to the fact that he's a texting whore none of that would have happened that part at least Reza's getting back into real estate though Apparently, he always still did it, but he wasn't as active as he was in the past. And he's taking Gigi on a house showing because she's looking for a new home, which was absolutely insane, Okay, There was no pantry in this big, gorgeous kitchen. I'm kind of not shocked because the L.A. housing market is really weird. Like, uh, I remember when I was looking for apartments when I moved out here, I could find things in my price range in West Hollywood, but they wouldn't have a kitchen. They would have, like, a hot burner, so yeah, homes in LA are just, you got to really be careful when you're looking because they could just be missing things. Like, you have all the space in your kitchen, but you don't have a pantry. Go figure. Like, I don't have a pantry, but I live in a studio apartment. It just, it's wild. Um, but as as is showing Gigi the home, it's not very child-friendly. So they're looking over this banister, and there are a lot of holes in it. And is and like, oh yeah, this is a death trap for Elijah. And then there's a creepy ass elevator. He's like, another death trap. And maybe he took too much time off from real estate. I'm not a real estate agent. However, I did want to be one for five minutes after watching Million Dollar Listing Los Angeles. Shout out, Tracy Tudor. Um, I feel like it's not a good idea to call anything a death trap when you want someone to buy a home that you would potentially make commission on. This freaking gnat is back in front of my face. This gnat, sorry, this gnat pops up randomly around my computer. I don't keep my windows open. I don't hold my door open. I just have gnats appear out of nowhere, and I think it's my dead coworker. But that's besides the point. Um, She's coming to say hi. I miss her very much. So yeah, back to this uh, real estate showing. Gigi's not impressed with the house. So she's like, let's just, I'm not going to do the tour, which you would think at this point they would exit the house. But she proceeds to sit on someone's couch and gossip about Mike. Like, hold up. Again, not a real estate agent. Is this allowed? Does the owner know? I mean, I'm sure they signed a release like yada yada. We're going to film here, blah, blah, blah. And that's why they did it. But come on. If you were showing your house and like the uh, real estate agent and the client looking at the house are just going to sit and bullshit on your couch, be, I'd be a little bit pissed off about that. Gigi just basically says that uh, Mike's a good person, but he cheats and he isn't honest about it and that he wants, and this whole fight between Reza and Mike is happening because Mike wants Reza to have his back even though he's lying and Reza's kind of calling him out on it. And Gigi tells Reza, you need to stop being friends with Mike, which I kind of agree with that, although with this group, you and I know being avid Shots of Sunset fans, Reza and Mike can never take a clean break from being friends. Like, they'll go seasons where they don't talk to each other. That happens with almost everyone in this group. We have... Different patterns of different people not talking to one another, and it kind of cycles every season. Like last season was MJ and Reza, now it's Reza and Mike. We did have Reza and Mike a few years ago, it was Gigi and MJ, etc. But yeah, um, Gigi's telling Reza you can't be friends with Mike anymore. I kind of agree with that. I think everyone kind of needs to cut the friendship cord with Mike until he can own up to his wrongdoings. Listen, it's none of our business whether or not he cheats with everyone. But if it's becoming a habit and it's negatively affecting the group, that's a problem. And he's just got to own up to it. He's just got to own up to it. I think that's what Paulina wants most in the situation. I think that's what everyone wants most in the situation. And speaking of Paulina, um, she tells Destiny on a phone call that she has trust issues with this whole situation She doesn't want anyone gossiping about Mike. She doesn't know how he's going to react. She kind of just wants to keep her feelings quiet. Just please don't mention anything at the Halloween party tonight, which is crazy. I just feel bad. We're kind of foreshadowing this downward spiral we see Paulina go on this episode. It's really sad because she's a beautiful, bright woman. She's a mom. She's so put together most of the time. And this episode, we really kind of see her spiral for the first time. And it's, it's hard to watch. But um, MJ and Reza are working on repairing their friendship. They go to Nurse Jamie, who is pretty big here in LA. She's like the fairy godmother of dermatology. That's not her official title, but I just gave her that. Don't get it twisted. (laughs) Uh, We love to see an MJ and Reza grooming situation. Ever since season one, they've always been so much fun to watch. And we do get a nice little flashback of that waxing they did together. Hysterical. And it's nothing short of hysterical this time around. MJ wants to watch Reza get stuck with needles. How much of it, though, is it really because she just kind of wants to see him suffer a little bit because of everything he's done to her? I think that's why. They do have this really big heart to heart about the whole Tommy and Shams and Adam situation. So she tells Reza that she wishes Gigi never told him that he's not allowed to see Shams which I agree with. I did mention that last episode. That wasn't Gigi's place to tell him. Maybe MJ wasn't telling him because she knew in her heart it would get resolved and she kind of just wanted to work it out that way. But no, Gigi told him. So MJ wishes that never happened. And she said she is not the one who doesn't want him to see Sham. She doesn't feel this way. But Tommy needs to come around. It's Tommy who needs to figure out where he stands with Reza. I think Reza should really drop that restraining order or it's Adam. Once that gets settled, I think there'll be amends made. And they both want to move on to a good path, which is just really refreshing to see. These guys are such good friends. They were like the best of the best on the show. I think arguably the closest. So to see them try and start back on a good foot, we're keeping our fingers crossed as viewers. And now we're at the night of the Halloween party. So it's hysterical because Nima decides to dress as MJ, which... I love it. He goes to MJ's house, picks out one of her sweatsuits. Tommy okays it. It's freaking adorable. He's getting ready at Mike's house now. And the makeup artist is coming to do Nima's face up like MJ. But can I just say, this just really stuck out at me. So when the the makeup artist comes in to do Nima's makeup, of course it's Mike's apartment and Paulina walks in and he introduces Paulina as his better half, which he always introduces her as that. And it just irks me so much because she obviously is his better half and he doesn't deserve her. Is this his way in his head of making things right? Like, oh, I know I suck, so I'm just going to tell everyone you're my better half and and we're going to be okay. Like, no. Everyone looks really cute in their Halloween costumes, though. Some people tried harder than others. Like, we have Nima as MJ, which I said that was probably my favorite costume of the night. Gigi was a skeleton. Reza and Adam went as like an Austin Powers couple. MJ went as a hippie. London went as a vampire. And then Lazy Mike went as a SWAT agent. Paulina went as a police officer. Oh, and Destiny, the host of the party, she looked really cute in her little Beetlejuice getup. It was amazing. She put her heart and soul into this party. I kind of want an invite next time, okay? So right away when... Mike Paulina and Nima walk in Gigi's with destiny at her house she's been there this whole time Gigi greets Nima and Mike and all them and she sees Nima's Halloween costume as MJ and she looks at him and goes oh did MJ approve of that that's it that's all she says no hi no how are you just did MJ approve of that which everyone's kind of annoyed that that's what she started off with like that was kind of wrong It's apparent that there's still some bad blood between them. Gigi's just being really cool to Nima. As soon as Paulina gets in, though, she heads straight to the bar, and I kind of can't blame her, but she is drinking a lot already. She is going to that party on a mission to get D R U N K D-R-U-N-K-Jaranka. And we see her talking to London and asking her about her partner, and like, could you ever share your partner, and what if your partner was messaging other people, and... I think Paulina's trying to ask for help without really asking for help. Like, you know, when you see in Facebook groups, like, asking for a friend. The friend is me. Like, I think that's what Paulina's doing in this situation because she's drunk and it's just all coming out of her. She's kind of getting off to a messy start here. Destiny tries to shake up the seating assignments to keep things spicy, and she asks Paulina to move, so to, like, sit next to her. And Mike refuses, which is totally gross I'm sorry what century are we in where you get to decide where your significant other sits no this is 2021 Mike get the hell out of here you're disgusting he forbids Paulina to sit near destiny because he knows they're gonna talk and he's trying to hold on to whatever good narrative he can have by a little string he's so controlling it's like freaking abusive it's disgusting I'm getting riled up. I just knocked my mic screen over, but I'm just really mad. So Paulina excuses herself from the table and she goes to talk with Destiny because she's upset and Mike's like, oh, no, everyone's going to the bathroom. Paulina had to go to the bathroom and Destiny followed and blah, blah, blah. Again, trying to deflect from the fact that he's a giant cheater and he knows that they're talking about him. Think of how upset Paulina is. It's so disgusting. I keep using this word. It's so disgusting that he, for not one second, He cannot put himself in Paulina's shoes and feel the hurt, embarrassment, betrayal that she feels. He just thinks he's doing nothing wrong and he's trying to save his face. How selfish are you? How selfish are you, Mike? I can't. So Destiny has this, like, shady question under the dinner plate game, which in the Bravo universe, we are big on our shady question games. Remember the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills with that dinner party? with the first impressions and Sutton made Teddy cry and Mauricio was high out of his mind and Aaron was talking about Big Pharma and how they're allegedly following him, which is weird. Yeah, none of that happened at this party. It was just shady, but Bravo does love a shady dinner game. So one of the questions was who's next to get married and have kids out of this group? And MJ says it's Mike and Paulina. Paulina is like, shaking her head no, and I think it was Destiny who said no. They didn't really show who said it on camera, but it sounded like Destiny's voice. Then the next shady question was about who has the most credit card debt, and Gigi said Mike, and then Mike's starting to get pissed. Then Mike turns it around with Adam and Reza when the question was who here married for money. Mike says that Adam married for money, and then Reza gets back at him when the question says who would uh, swindle everyone in a Ponzi scheme. Reza says, Mike. So they're just being petty, going back and forth, saying each other for the answers. And here's the thing about Mike and Reza. Okay. Reza knows how to push Mike's buttons, but Reza can remain composed. Mike blows up at the slightest thing. Mike doesn't know how to control his emotions. So what we have here is a recipe for disaster. So right away, Mike comes up. With the greatest comeback of all time, that sarcasm to the whole Ponzi scheme thing and goes, you guys are lame. You guys are lame. And he accuses Reza of writing the questions under the plate. Like, what planet do you live on, Mike? It's not Earth. Pluto, perhaps. So stupid. I'm sorry. So stupid. It's just so dumb. Mike's just saying everyone needs to to make up, again, deflecting so they could take away from this texting drama. And he doesn't care about anything. They go back and forth. Then Destiny gets involved, like, well, if you don't care, like, why are you here? And then Mike basically accuses Destiny of talking BS all the time. And this is where the real fight begins. Destiny's going back at him, calling him son. Just throwing it to him because she now has all these things paulina's telling her in her, her ear she's trying to keep that a secret she's fed up with mike for causing her friend so much pain so she's calling him son going back at him and mike's like i'm not your son you could never afford me i can buy and sell you and destiny good for you girl stands up and kicks him the fuck out of her house where he belongs because he's gross He's gross. And then as he's going on his way out, he once again deflects and blames Reza for telling Destiny lies. And then Destiny's getting a little riled up. She does put her hands on Mike, which she shouldn't have done, but Mike goes back at her. I think he like pushes her, it looked like really quick, which you never do that. Come on, Mike, you know better. Or we think you do. What a mess. And of course, we get Bravo's favorite thing to do this week, a to be continued. So we have to wait another week to find out what the resolution, if there is any, to that fight is, but this just Mike's not looking good this season. I don't understand why he's trying to push the narrative when he that he didn't cheat when all we have seen for the past however many seasons of the show there has been, there's been a lot. I think it's been on since like 2012, maybe before then. He's cheated almost every season. This is not news to us. Come on, Mike. Grow up. Grow up. I want to thank you for joining me for another episode of the Believe in Bravo Besties podcast. I hope you had fun. This was a, a pretty damn juicy one this week. Uh, if you're not following me on TikTok and Instagram already, you can at Diana Jebbia, G-E-B-B-I-A. Guess what? I just launched a YouTube channel too. I'm on there as Diana Jebia as well. So if you could subscribe, check out my bachelorette recaps I'm going to do on there. That would be awesome. And as always, if you enjoyed this podcast, or even if you didn't, Rate and review five stars. Happy reviews. we love to see it. I'll give you a shout on an episode if you do give me a nice review. Don't forget to subscribe. I love you so much. I will talk to you next week, babe. Thank you for listening to Believe.